Welcome to episode 197 of the Nerds Travaganza podcast, Small Folk, where this week a heel of bread is graciously bequeathed by the local lord to all his loyal serfs. I'm Sir Tom. I'm Duke Bryan. <laughs> the heralds will announce the entrance of Baron Von Negline. And I'm Count Cam. <laughs> And this week, as we find ourselves on the eve of our local Renaissance Festival here in the Kingdom of South Florida, USA, we will be engaging in a discussion about Renfest, commerce, tradecraft, etc. But first, I'll remind all lords, ladies, and lice-free peasants that they'd be no better than a plague rat if they didn't subscribe and give us maximum accolades on iTunes. And with our listeners so reminded, it's now... On with the show with ye Geekly Weekly Weekly Geekly Update. And Sir Chris, why don't you go first? Oh, sorry. Everybody's just a sir again because I forgot your titles. Go ahead, Chris. No worries. Well, for my uh, Geekly Weekly Weekly Geekly, uh, it started off well. We had a, a regular of our board game nights have a birthday, and he decided to celebrate it in true geeky style, having a board game night at his house with plenty of food and plenty of games. So a shout out to Jeff. Um, unfortunately, the highlight of the night was watching geeks be true geeks and take a one hour game and turn it into a four hour game. Thank goodness I was not involved in that. Mm. Um, Sounds I, awful. <laughs> it, it was a train wreck worth watching. Mm. Squeezed in a little more practice with my drone, which is kind of a challenge. South Florida has been very rainy lately, so I haven't been getting out as much as I'd like. And then to cap it all off, I squeezed in the two-hour finale of The Expanse and was not disappointed. There were a couple of things that were a little different from the book. The book is better, but no. The TV show is great, and, um, you know, I really can't wait until next season to see how they're going to do the second half of the first book. Cool. That ran out your update, sir? Yes, it does. All right. I look forward to you being pleased by how they do, did you say the second half of the book? The second half of the book. Unlike yeah. Game of Thrones, instead of doing a book per season, they're almost splitting the books in two per season. Okay. Seems like a more reasonable approach. Can't argue with that. No, sir. Sir Cam, or Baron Cam, or Lord Cam, or whatever you... Count Cam, Lord of Pembroke, protect, protector <laughs> yes. of the pines, and keeper of the green keep. Uh, I am, uh, I had a pretty tame week this week. I, uh, spent a lot of time board gaming per use. Um, did, uh, did a bunch of that. Um, played some really fun games, been back to, uh, DC deck building a lot lately. Um, a bunch of, uh, people that I play that with have like made these like custom decks, you know, like, cause there've been a ton of different, uh, ex- uh, expansions that have come out and crossovers and stuff so everyone's like experimenting putting them all together and stuff like that so that has been fun um also uh you know did our 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 game nights at the adventure game store on tuesdays tuesday and thursday and then did the um uh landlubbers night on on sunday uh with the adventure game store so that was a pretty good time um also had uh, sort of impromptu game night at my house um, I was at uh, the Adventure Game Store for the Ken Height, uh, you know, for, for the big event that I'm sure we'll talk about, um, and that will be uh, fe- that we, you know, we featured in the uh, last week's uh, sort of video double episodes um, for the Game Master Symposium. And I just ran into a couple people as I was leaving, and they were like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And I was like, "Well, I'm just gonna go home and hang out." And they were like, "Well, let's play some games." So turned into sort of an impromptu game night slash barbecue. So that was fun. Um, but other than that, I've just been sort of, uh, you know, getting gearing up next week. Um, well this week on Friday, I leave for New York city. Um, yes, country cam is heading to the big city and, um, we'll be participating with yellow games at the, uh, New York toy fair. Um, so that will be fun. And that will also be over the weekend of my birthday and Valentine's day. So, uh, I'm going to fly the companion up for the end of the week, uh, you know, stay a few extra days and just enjoy the city. Uh, I've already got uh, a bunch of geeky places mapped out that I want to check out. There's actually a game night 
the first night I get in that I have sort of off. So I'm going to go check out, you know, what a New York City game night looks like. Uh, and then there's a bunch of cool like uh, toy stores and bookstores and stuff like that that I want to check out. And other than that, that's it. Sounds cool. I've heard good things about the city in terms of uh, things for people of our persuasion. So I look forward to hearing your report. I look forward to engaging in it and then reporting. All right. And I hope your companion enjoys herself. <laughs> Brian, over to you, sir. Lord, you were Duke. Ugh. Yeah, I don't remember either. Don't worry. <laughs> Baron Brian. The highlight of my week, I guess, was the uh, Ken Height Will Hindmarch Game Masters Symposium. That was a pretty big deal. I, I forget sometimes how how exposed we are to some big names. That was cool. Got to spend a Saturday. Did not do any of the festivities afterwards. Kind of had a birthday to go to in the family, so I missed the barbecue and ice cream. Yeah, yeah Jackson's, which is a, a landmark here in South Florida, Jackson's ice cream. We also ate at Le Tub. Burgers and ice cream. Burgers and ice cream. So, yep, a lot of jogging in my future. Finished up a few of my projects. A couple of senior projects for birthday gifts and uh, things like that. Maybe you guys will be seeing some of those in the near future or not. (laughs) Some leatherworking, some foam core. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that before, but it's basically making game boxes out of sheets of poster board. Just kind of a weird, didn't really expect this to pop up. My mom asked me to make her a pair of earrings for a, for someone else's birthday. So, alright, I'll start making that. So, so, since I've reported on any new hobbies, I've actually gotten into jewelry craft and turned a bigger profit on that than than wow. any anything else. Uh, some people saw her wearing it and saw the gift and wanted that, so... We'll be looking for your Etsy store very soon. Yeah. Huh. Awesome, man. I like that the commissions are rolling in, and I think it's kind of appropriate, sort of given tonight's topic. So you may be setting up a tent before long. Yeah. And with that said, I think I will. How do I roll from tent into it's my turn? <laughs> pitch, to your, pitch your tent. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> Pitching a tent sounds lewd, so I don't, there's not really a, a transition I can make there. So, demand their attention. That's good. Ooh, there That's you good. go. I will now. We will now turn a, our attention to me. <laughs> good one. As I remind you guys that I missed the symposium because, of course, I was at Pax South in San Antonio, Texas, which you are supposed to pronounce San Antone. If you're a local, just so you guys know, if you want to blend in while you're there. Hmm. This is the second pack South and the second pack South I attended. And I think I'm hoping that South is finding its flavor. That being indie games. Prime is a lot of the big, you know, multi-zillion dollar blockbusters. There's a lot, there's an indie princess too, but really very heavy concentration on the big, on the big, uh, studio titles there as far as video games and as well a pretty extensive tabletop section east which is in boston is allegedly very tabletop heavy which may appeal to you guys i haven't been there so we can maybe do a a field trip but it's supposed to be kind of the more tabletopy packs and south based on what i saw might be the indie showcase and that, that may just be a function of the fact that it's a fairly new convention and the big publishers haven't put it on their rotation for exhibiting things or maybe that that's the direction they're taking it but uh, either way it was really cool because i got to spend a lot of time checking out a lot of cool indie games so pretty neat speaking of which i actually took the plunge on one called freedom planet which is kind of like what sonic the hedgehog should have evolved into really awesome game i think i mentioned it in past episodes in fact i'm almost sure i have and uh Pretty cool. My companion saw it and was like, I want this. Why don't we have this? And to which I replied, I don't know, because I want it too and have wanted it since last year. So picked up Freedom Planet for the Wii U, of all things. I downloaded it and we've been enjoying that. Um, This pack's also featured some pretty cool musical 
Act. Uh, one of the highlights of PAX for me. Uh, the double clicks were there. I really like them. Uh, and the returners, which were who were of course a Final Fantasy based band. And Bit Brigade, who proceeded to do a live performance of the entire soundtrack of Mega Man, I think it was Mega Man 2, from beginning to end as somebody played through the game live. That was impressive. Um, it was really funny because the guy was so good at defeating the bosses that they would start like, like jamming on the guitars and then just stop as soon as he wasted the boss in like three seconds. So that was... Uh, pretty pretty awesome too and probably the most notable thing takeaway for me is uh something called the clutch gaming arena and resort i think it is there are some folks in colorado who do some conventions that are already active and they are building basically a gaming resort it's built around like the center stage and arena and all around it. There are all these like stations where you can play games basically like facing it. And on one of the floors, there is like a pod hotel with those, like I think Japanese style pods. I actually took a short video of one and we'll be posting it up on our YouTube channel at some point. But the idea being that when you're on something called a video gamecation, which is a great name, name <laughs> in my opinion, uh, you could take a break and just go up to your little pod and sleep or play some more consoles or whatever it takes to to make your video game-cation complete. So that was a pretty cool takeaway, and we should probably think about having those guys on. That was pretty cool. Pretty impressive. Ne- neat concept, anyway. Game-cation is a killer name. Yeah. I don't. He said it, but I don't think he has it. I don't think he owns it yet, Cam. So if we can maybe just go ahead and snake that name. Yeah, do a little copyright there. <laughs> yeah. I'm just waiting for Nerdcore to become the lounge act for that. Probably will. Yeah, that's that's probably <laughs> in the future. Um, ooh, there are going to be, of course, geeky-themed uh, cocktails on site. So lounge lizards. Uh of the gaming persuasion will be right at home. Leisure anyway, suit, Larry. <laughs> Great yes. game. Wonderful game. I don't think any of us were old enough to have played that when it was out, but <coughs> oh, sorry. oh yeah, I definitely had Leisure Suit Larry on my uh, Apple Two E or Two Plus <laughs> floppy disk. Risque, risque. Uh, let's see. Apart from that, uh, on the plane, I decided to do some reading and have continued. I'm almost done with Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which is the book on which the Blade Runner film was based. Uh, really like Blade Runner. Really like this book. Might like this book a little more. I think, once again, they had to alter some things for the sake of film and change some things and so on. Once again, see our episode, The Book Was Better. Uh, where we weigh in on those conversions. Talk to me when you're done. I'd really love to discuss that. Oh, would you? Okay. Yeah. I'm like 88% through, so I should be done by like tomorrow and we we can discuss it. So far, I like it. It's pretty good. I don't know what happens at the end yet. So hopefully the movie didn't spoil it for me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. Lots of video gaming, uh, dreaming about pod stuff. And oh yeah, on the VR front, there's hope for the future. One last note. There is a company making basically exercise equipment that uses VR. So when you're pedaling, you're driving a race car. Uh, I came in second or third place against some puppies who were driving race cars. I, I could not pedal faster than the puppies. <laughs> Here again, another VR application that really didn't occur to somebody as uh, fit as I am, of course. The gym, you know, make riding the exercise bike actually fun and exciting and people won't really notice they're doing it. Well, you know, a a side note is that uh, a lot of times there's this theory that a lot of times technologies catch on when somebody creates an application that was not the original one envisioned for that technology. This this may be it. Like, uh, what is that? Like, um, what's the blue? Born on Blu-ray. No, what's the the blue pill? Uh, Viagra. Macoxiflopin. Yeah. You know, which used to be a cardiac med. Yeah, exactly. Of all things. And everyone started getting boners, and then we're like, oh, we got a winner. 
still seems kind of against the, the whole thing is to keep you from getting a heart attack, but it encourages you to have sex. <laughs> well, if you got to go, I mean, shit. Irony. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to bite it anyway, you might as well. Right. <laughs> anyway, for the record, that company's name is Verzoom, V-I-R-Z-O-O-M. We'll link to it in the show notes. Kind of cool. Kind of cool, actually. And I got to try with that. It's compatible with all of the major VR things coming out. I got to try the HTC Vive for the first time. Nice. How was that? Uh, pretty cool. I would say comparable to the Rift. I think there's going to be some real competition hmm. coming up. So we will see. And we have now seen about my update. Thank you for indulging me as I regaled you with tales of packs and reading. And now... With my update out of the way, Town Crier Cam, in addition to all your titles, you have that role. We hope that you will regale us with tales of happenings across the realm with the news stravaganza. Old day. Old, <laughs> the old. <laughs> the old news stravaganza. Yes. Hear ye, yeah. hear ye, <laughs> gentle citizens. I pray that you listen to my nerd stravaganza as I regale you with tales of woe unfortunately lots of oh. lots of uh legal news actually this uh this week um uh you guys know that google about i don't know a couple months ago uh or about a month or so ago they lost the rights to google.com for like a minute what i saw that yeah this guy um this ex-google employee was just like poking around uh, in their domain registration and realized that google.com was available for purchase. So he bought it for $12. Uh, it was like caught like immediately, like he owned it for like one minute and then they immediately canceled the sale and refunded his, his purchase price of $12. But um, I guess, I don't know if they, it, you know, they, they sort of gone back and forth a little bit, like, you know, about it. And uh, they decided to give him Google as a sort of reward they're not admitting any liability or that they owe him anything but they've decided to give him google as a reward for uncovering the bug uh or the inconsistency and um when i say google i mean they paid him six thousand six dollars and 13 cents which if you type on a calculator spells out google so uh, yeah i guess you know happy ending for all uh except maybe for the guy. I mean, $6,000 is a paltry sum for what I'm sure that domain name is worth, but uh, apparently he doesn't have much of a leg to stand on because of the TOS and all that stuff, but he, he at least he got something out of it. Um, Activision Blizzard is also being sued um, by the family of an Angolan rebel. Uh, in Black Ops 2, um, they show a, uh, a 1980s Angolan rebel leader named Jonas Savimbi, and uh, he is a pretty merciless guy in the game, if you've played it. Um, and the family took offense to that. So they are suing him. So they're suing Activision for $1.1 million. Um, because huh. they're, they're saying his portrayal uh, is unfavorable. And that he, they were unlike, you know, they basically just used the guy without asking the family, I guess. Allegedly. Um, and they claim that his father would never have committed the actions, you know, seen in Black Ops 2. Uh, which of course shows him like, you know, killing, mutilating people, stuff like that. So we'll see if they will have to pay out on that. Um, yeah. And even funnier legal news. Um, did you guys hear about this game called Ant Simulator, which was, I think it was kickstarted. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know if it was kickstarted or if it was on Indiegogo or it, it was crowdfunded. Uh, I don't know which platform, but uh, uh, by your chuckle, Brian, I'm assuming you heard about it. Yeah. Yeah, so this guy, Eric Tereshinsky, um, created and posted a video on a crowdfunding site wanting to get some money um, to create his game called Ant Simulator. So he gets he gets the money, it's funded, everything's you know ready to go. Then uh, he posts a video saying, listen, uh, we're having to cancel the game because my business partners took all the money and spent it on booze, food, and strippers. <laughs> so wow. sorry we can't make your game anymore <laughs> um so this i'm sure is probably i would think that if the government was looking for like a watershed or seminal case to try to crack down on crowdfunding um this would probably be it um i i would 
you know, I don't know for sure, but I would predict that the government is probably going to be looking into this as a securities violation. Um, you know, these guys just took people's money and it's gone and now they're canceling the, the, uh, the, uh, the campaign. So, you know, his business partners basically fired back saying, Oh, it's not true. And, you know, this guy just took over and he free, you know, he froze us out. We didn't do anything untoward, but, uh, you know, we'll see how it, uh, how it plays out in the future. Uh, even more legal news. Take two, the makers of NBA 2K uh, are being sued by a tattoo company. Um, and they're basically being sued for being too good at what they do. Um, they've made the, you know, the person, the, the basketball personalities. So, uh, so lifelike and so real that, um, you know, even down to their tattoos, so they are now being sued by this tattoo maker, um, Solid Oaks Sketches, who owns the rights to all pretty much all of their tattoo designs um, by saying, look, you're, you didn't pay us and you have used our, our, our sketches or basically our art in your game uh, without paying us. So cough it up. What? Yeah, so they're so they're suing for uh, uh, about one point two million dollars because there are eight different tattoo tattoo designs uh, on a bunch of the players in the game, including LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Kenyon Martin, DeAndre Jordan, and Eric Bledsoe. And so, wow. yeah, so they're looking to get a payday from uh, from uh, from Take Two. Cam, I, I gotta know, and I'm not, of course, you you are not giving any legal advice right. or whatever the, the, the usual disclaimer, but just like, do you think that that's right? Like I got a tattoo and now like, you know, I'm basically a walking billboard that doesn't own the thing I'm advertising. Well, well, here's the, th here's the thing. Like a lot of these tattoo artists, they'll do it for free. You know, like I'm sure LeBron James probably hasn't paid for one tattoo that he has, you know, ah. but they probably ask him to sign in. You know, they say, look, we'll tattoo you. Uh, but sign this agreement that allows us to go out and say, you know, keep the ownership of the actual design and let people know that, hey, we tattooed LeBron James. You know what I mean? And that has a tangible value to it. You know what I mean? In terms of, you know, wanting to, uh, well, A, from a marketing standpoint and B, from like a, even like a lithograph standpoint. I mean, if LeBron James ends up being the, you know, going down in history as the best player in the world, and he has certain tattoos on him, there's probably a market for people to buy lithographs or sketches or, you know, any, you know, that art that's on his body. And so, and, and that's just, you know, forward thinking. I mean, if you just take it back to the root cause of, of the lawsuit, if, you know, it, it really doesn't matter what medium you're using. If you, Tom, made a sketch or drew, drew an, a piece of art and, had the license, you know, the copyright or whatever it is, you know, had the the IP protected. Um, you wouldn't want anyone just going out and using it and putting it on the internet and basically using it to profit themselves, right? No, I suppose I suppose you're right. Yeah, especially if I explicitly had an agreement signed. That, yeah. You know. so, but you know, I can see what the fallout to that would be. What? Hmm. Well, well, at some point, somebody's going to be afraid that uh, they're going to get sued for putting a photo with the tattoo on. So now there's going to be, you know, players running around in any type of recorded video situation, and somebody's going to digitally smudge that tattoo out of the picture because they'll be afraid of being sued. Yeah, that might happen. I mean, they do that all the time with like t-shirts and hats and exactly. stuff like that. You know what I mean? So, so now tattoos are going to be the next level of that. Yeah, it might it might be depending on how many of these lawsuits crop up. But I mean, I, I'm having I have a feeling that most tattoo artists probably don't care. Um, I think it's probably just this one company that it seems like they're a pretty big player. I mean, if they've tattooed that many NBA and those guys are all pretty big names, if they've tattooed that many NBA players, they probably are a big deal in the tattoo world. So I don't know much about tattoos. I don't have tattoos, so I don't know. But uh, you know, it sounds to me more like they're just trying to protect their, their property. Um, which, you know, I can't really, okay. really fault them for. We'll see how it plays out. You know, um, Nintendo sales are way, way down and has prompted some, uh, some, some panic basically. Um, they've got the NX coming out later this year and they partnered with a, a company called D ENA um, to start making smartphone apps and, and games for, for uh, mobile devices. Um, but their 
sales were so bad over the last three months, only 10.5 million games were sold, um, which sounds like a lot, but is not really if you think about the fact that that's less than one game per existing Wii U system. Um, the, uh, that they have sort of gone into panic mode and have come out and said that, look, yeah, we have sort of wanted to roll out our big money, big name, you know, Mario link, uh, properties, uh, slowly. Um, but we're definitely going to not do that and roll one out fairly quickly now. So basically the, basically what they're saying is that their first smartphone game will definitely feature, uh, their best known characters and uh, meaning either Link or Mario. So instead of you know starting having a slow sort of rollout and build up, they basically just said we're, we're hemorrhaging here. We need to we need to get our, our you know put our best foot forward. So the next uh, next game that comes out for your smartphone will will at least have uh, some good characters in it. Good. I hope they don't rush some turd out the door in an effort to try to cash in on the name. Yeah, uh, like know, that's, a, another, that's kind of my reservation. Another ET Atari game, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's it. And you know, I, I really was trying to find some like Renaissance tie-in uh, <laughs> news, but yeah, c- couldn't really find any. But the um, so I just went with sort of my last news bit, which is that um, uh, a, the the Harry Potter universe has expanded. Um, J.K. Rowling put up a whole bunch of new, uh, new, new stuff and information and all kinds of background stuff on her website, um, and revealed a bunch of brand new wizarding schools and where they are in sort of the Harry Potter mythos on a big map uh, on uh, on her website, uh, and one is even in America. Um, so you can go on to uh, Pottermore.com and check out where all of the wizarding world schools are across the globe in the jk in the rowling in the you know jk rowling universe not in real life but who knows there may be theme parks and and schools that pop up in real life cool and with that i will round out ye news stravaganza and pass it over to you oh uh lord tom (laughs) thank you i look forward to learning more of the wizarding school in albuquerque (laughs) (laughs) But that said, we have now completed the new extravaganza and are ready to tackle the topic of the Renfest. Uh, Chris, we've talked Renfest before, being those strangers to such events, as will come as no surprise to our audience. But you wanted to come at it from a sort of change over time perspective, uh, especially as that relates to vendors and such. Is that is that accurate? Close enough. I mean, just to to give you an idea for for my personal experience, uh, I really didn't get a chance to participate in Ren Fairs until I came down to South Florida. Um, At the the time before, you know, um, the late 90s in the Midwest, there really wasn't much of a Ren Fair thing going on. Um, I was in the SCA, so I guess that counts for a while. Um, but you know, being able to get to a Ren Fair was almost like trying to go to a Rocky Horror Picture Show. You had to explain to people what you were even going to do first. And now it's like everybody knows. It seems like it's just with along with everything else that has been geek that's exploded. Everybody wants to come to uh, to the Ren Fair. But uh, the thing that I thought was fascinating is now there are so many Ren Fairs that ironically, the vendors in Ren Fairs are almost like the actual merchants back in the day because what they did, especially in England, is they made a circuit, you know, on the big island. Um, The whole idea of uh, a market town in England is that's a town that has gotten a license to hold a fair or what we would call a, a Ren Fair today, a market day, which is what a Ren Fair kind of tries to simulate. But now these vendors are making a whole circuit from, you know, up to the north during the winter and down and south, the other way around, actually, sorry, up to the north in summer and down to the south in winter, just like the merchants would. And I just find that kind of like a fascinating irony. Inter- yeah, interesting. What do you guys think about that? I'm kind of... I have to be a nitpicker for a moment. I'm not entirely sure that recreation is doing exactly what they're recreating is is irony we need to get alanis morissette in to clear this up <laughs> that might be alonic 
Well, I don't think they're recreating it on purpose. It's just uh, they're not like, oh, we're at the Ren Fair and we're trying to be merchants back in the day. They're just, you know, people selling their wares at Ren Fair. But now there's so much business that they've inadvertently recreated that aspect. Well, do you mean like in terms of because the Ren Fair, when I used to go to it back in, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was like all about being true to character like people wouldn't like you couldn't ask a guy hey where's the shitter you know or you could ask him but he'd be like oh it's yonder you know like they wouldn't break character for anything now you can go and get like you know like tom like we were talking before the before the show you can buy like a rapos you know it's not like <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, not, you yeah, know yeah. you can buy like a freaking lollipop or whatever it's it's not like you know very true to the actual uh whatever they're not staying true to character that's they're, they're they're not very, being very authentic it's now it's more of a Hey, it's a rent fair, but you also can, you know, sell whatever the hell you want, dress up however you want. You want to come as Boba Fett, that's fine. You know, like no no one's really making that much of an effort anymore to stay authentic. Now it's more of just like a just like these scattershot cons, you know. It's sort of a scattershot fair as opposed to a rent fair. Well, our local Ren Fair even changes up themes over the weekend. Like the first one coming up will be Valentine's Day, so that's chivalrous love. But later on there'll be Time Travelers Weekend, where the steampunk people get to come in. And that's where you'll see Boba Fett or Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Yeah. (laughs) But even more accurately, probably Boba Fett as a steampunk character. Yeah. And the half naked guys from 300. Don't worry. (laughs) Um, Well, one one time I saw one that I just was like, ah, the guy came in trying to do the whole evil wizard thing. And I'm totally serious. He had a chain connecting both of his nipples with like a weight in between bouncing off his belly. I, I just, I just couldn't scrub that out of my, that <laughs> sight out of my eyes. I tried. Thanks for sharing it. Yeah. No, no, not a problem. Not a problem. I wasted a good chocolate covered banana that way. <laughs> well, I, now that's even worse of an image of <laughs> you eating what? a chocolate covered banana watching that guy. <laughs> um, but no, back to, back to topic. Um, well, do you guys, let, let me ask you this. Do you guys, I guess, I don't want to say take it as an offense, but are, are you guys like down on rent fairs because they've sort of opened things up more and they're not as authentic as they sort of were before? Or do you not care and see it as a good thing that now it's just more of, you know, more people, more awareness of different things and, you know, everyone can get along and have a good time regardless of what your fandom is? I'll tackle this one because I wouldn't necessarily say I'm down on it, but I used to be all about the Ren Fair. Like, every VIP access I could get, go every single weekend. And ever since they've kind of done that Spartan weekend, Doctor Who weekend, he visited the Renaissance, why not? It's yeah. it, it's more of a, a monster truck rally to me. I, I don't really enjoy it as much. I'll go... But I don't have to go every weekend. Well, you know, they do have, I think, and this was my experience last year. Um, I don't know. Maybe if you guys had different experiences. But I know they have the different weekends. But I know, like, one weekend, I, w- I went two weekends. One weekend I went, it was pretty authentic. I forget the what they called it. But it was, like, there weren't that many people walking around in different things or whatever. And then, like, the next weekend I went, I think there was, like, ninjas yeah. and shit jumping around. Like, you know what I mean? It was, it was, like, totally off base or whatever. But I think that, I think I saw you there, Tom. Remember? We, uh, you you and your companion were there at last, uh, the, the last round. Yeah, there. yeah. But uh, we, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, see, I don't mind that. As long as you're having, like, because they have it over multiple weekends over, like, you know, a month or two. If you have one or, you know, a, a couple weekends that you designate that, like, all right, we're going to be you know, try to be as authentic as we can possibly. And then, you know, the rest of the time you open it up to everyone else. I think that's kind of cool because you're, you're sort of making sure that the hardcore like traditionalists get what they want. And then, you know, you open it up to everyone else that, you know, maybe otherwise wouldn't go to a rent fair because it was just, you know, "Ah, I don't want to just go see mead and, you know, whatever, like, you know, sheep shanks or whatever. Um, but now they can go and sort of celebrate their own fandom sort of in a renaissance style. I'll agree with you because down here we have two Ren Fairs. One that everybody knows about, which is kind of 
Get Drunk Weekend and Irish Soccer Hooligan Weekend. St. <laughs> Patrick's Day Weekend. We also have one in October, and it's super authentic and fucking tiny. 20 people show up. Is that Camelot Days or another one? Camelot Days. Yeah, I, uh, nah, I, yeah, and that and that's the problem is that like I think it's yeah. adapt or die. You know what I mean? It's like you can't can't do business the way you used to. I mean, and even the way you did business back then really wasn't that great either. I mean, you you got the hardcore people, and I and I'm I'm talking about not just Renaissance fairs here. I'm talking about cons in general, everything. I mean, uh, you know, you can't just you know you have to be diverse yeah i mean it's tough to make a dollar in the market these days so selling plastic phasers doesn't cut it anymore yeah yeah and i think you know i think it's good for the local economy i think it's good for the independent artists because you know if they were otherwise excluded because like their wares wouldn't weren't renaissancey enough you know that's not cool either you know if i if i if i make you know beaded necklaces or i make this or that or whatever you know what's the harm in me selling him at your Renaissance fair? You know, it, it, just because Marie de Pompadour didn't wear one, I can't, you know, sell <laughs> I'll it. I'll say this too. I really appreciate how good for the scene is some things are, but it's oftentimes hard to envision that until you, until I saw that the city or the county, or whoever does that kind of thing, went out and put Turn Here for Renaissance Fair on 95 mm. and on Turnpike, and they went all out for it because it's obviously good for Yeah, the it stimulates for the, the local economy. I mean, it helps the local people out. There's more tax revenue. I mean, it's, it's great, you know? Especially in these stark economic times. It sounds like you guys are more or less okay with these businesses doing what they have to do to be successful. And then, you know, as somebody who wants to see them around and prosper, I agree. But the like teenage me who first went to the rent fest, I think with you, Brian, as part of a <laughs> yep. school trip um, and encountered it in a small park on a nice cool cloudy day and got me lorded and so on by all these people who were really trying to act authentic just can't let that go like i really miss that it was cool it was special and we went basically i think it was senior year and then i after we graduated we went back as you know graduates of high school and it was awesome. And then I, I went away to the military and came back years later. And even a couple of years after that, finally went back with Brian and I'm like, Oh, this is going to be great. Walk in. How you doing? Yeah. All right. What do you want there? Uh, you want a mead? Huh. Which, okay. They're not trying to affect an accent. I could deal with that. But year after year, as Brian indicated, it's gotten farther and farther away from what I considered magical. And, uh, for, for my own selfish reasons, I miss that. Yeah, exactly. Like, I object, not even object, I prefer one thing, but it's clear that I'm in the minority. I'd much rather right. go to Camelot Days for seven weekends, but they get two weekends if they're lucky. Yeah, yeah, they're a smaller event. And even they, I wouldn't put on the level with the original South Florida uh, Renfest back when... It was super duper authentic, but they're definitely closer. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, mo most people, they, they want to go, they want to get a yard of beer and they want to like hang out and like look at the, look at the guys on the horses with the lances and see the wenches and that's it, you know? And um, of course the nerd in me doesn't like seeing the bros hanging around, you know, bro, check out that night. Oh yeah. But their money spends as well as mine. So there they are, and they're just as welcome, right? Well, my question is, how hardcore do you want to connect back to that feeling? I don't want to catch the plague or anything, but I mean, I <laughs> kind of you have two alternatives if you really want to catch that feeling again. Either you can volunteer at the Ren Fair because that's what those little tents are. They're not just 
being there as like, oh, I'm going to go sell meat on the side. They're there to recreate a medieval atmosphere. And the Boy Scouts even come in and they have to play scavenger hunt and they they ask people questions and they give them answers. Well, this is how we did that back in the day. And they recreate that. So if you avoid, you know, the Mead Pavilion and go to those little places on the outskirts and talk to them, they might be in character as much as they used to, but they're there. I think probably they're there as part of a nonprofit charter to keep the business going. And then in addition to that, you can also join the SCA, which they don't even bother with Renfair. Oh, they may visit Renfair, but they hold their own events on private land or on public parks in a corner where they camp out for the weekend and you camp out with them because you're part of them and you do the whole, this is my persona and I'm in my persona as much as I can be. And they get to the point they don't even play around with real weapons because their funky weapons are full contact sports to the point that the Knights uh, have football style injuries like rib cages that have had to been rewired together because they use rattan weapons that are slightly softened with uh, duct tape and they practice real medieval martial arts. So if you really want to be hardcore about it, you can jump in and do those two things. On the flip side, you're not paying 20 bucks for a weekend. You're spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars either building or recreating your own medieval chain mail coat from scratch or buying it from a vendor and it's going to cost you hundreds and hundreds of dollars because they made it from scratch. But I can't just visit as a civilian, right? I have to be a participant is what you're saying? Or? Yes. If you want that, let's go back and enjoy the Middle Ages and shh, 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 I, I am not Tom. I am Sir Thomas. Then yeah, get ready to dive in. It so can be done. Here we go. I'll pay the premium price. Like I'll pay more than the 20 bucks to get into a Renfest. You let me show up and like, they give me garb, like here, wear this burlap or whatever, you know, so you <laughs> blend in and you can like walk around and observe, but you know, understand we're like doing a thing and you're here to enjoy it and, and be immersed in it, but don't come walking up and like try to get us to break character. And you know, you must conduct yourself in a certain way. So you're I talking about a new VIP fashion, right? Yeah. If it, yes, if they opened those up, to visitors with a certain code of conduct. And I wouldn't even mind a higher price point. Basically you're like a patron. You, you enjoy the living art that is this event. I would totally eat that up. I would go to that. I'd skip the seven weekends and, and pay for the one. It would be awesome. That sounds pretty cool. I mean, we have a buddy, Tim, that does that. He, you know, he goes and he gets dressed up in the armor and he has his own sword and all that stuff. And he engages in actual, like, you know, I mean, not actual combat, but like, you know, pretty hardcore combat with other people there at the Ren Fair for, you know, people to cheer on and stuff like that. And it's, it's pretty hardcore. He, he, he gets I can see Tim up. cutting a bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he uh, he loves it though. I mean, it's it's and I mean, and I've held that that sword. I mean, it's pretty. It's, it's not. It's no joke. It's not like a little you know light piece of crap. I mean, it's pretty heavy steel. I don't know, man. I think, I think Tim would welcome us and I, <laughs> I, you would, you would get rid of the, I don't want to, I don't want to sound elitist or exclusive, but you get rid of the people that didn't want that experience that didn't want to be handed like, you know, a jerkin when they showed up and be like, dude, you gotta, you gotta dress the part. Um, and your know, people that just wanted to take the kids out and, and get blitzed on mead would go to the venues that already offer that. Yeah. God, here I go again. We're creating, we're creating safe spaces for nerds again. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? Let me ask you guys this: What would you? I mean, so what do you think could be done to, you know, still make it economically viable for these vendors and for the for the fairs, but maybe take it a little closer back to the roots of of you know what we saw when we were growing up. They used to do this, and it was packed. And if it wasn't profitable, raise the price. But why don't they do the, you're a noble, we're going to bring the entertainment to you, here's food and drink, and all you do is sit and enjoy. 
It was called the King's Feast. Yes, yes, that was awesome. It was a big tent, just like the real festival would have been. And you got to sit with some of the actors, and they would just rotate them out. Some would come, some would leave, someone else would come in. And all the acts would come in to you instead of you walking around and trying to catch them. It was a giant tent. It was nice and cool. It was great food. You could just keep going back to the bar. It was just right there. You get shit-faced if you want to. It was enough of the experience without being exclusive. Because the guy sitting next to me was actually dressed as Obi-Wan with a lightsaber. <laughs> and they were just kind of like, look, you're you're just a monk, all right? Just play along. <laughs> yeah, I can't do anything but second Brian on that. The King's Speech was awesome. And I think that's a way to get a little... Uh, core of authenticity away from the main fest for those people who want kind of the more who will pay for the more immersive experience let's just say they they even themed the food it wasn't like an arepa factory (laughs) you had like sides of beef and buttered potatoes and spiced this and yeah yeah i mean it was served on styrofoam plates but you know (laughs) right right. to a point That's not yeah, give I, up it on was hygiene, fine. but right, right. So for me, unfortunately, I had to skip last year, but I, I had heard rumors through my own little Renfair connections that they were thinking of canceling the King's Feast. I guess they did years mm-hmm. ago. Oh, yeah. okay. Because um, what I had heard some people grumbling about is the the people that are in those tents that are doing the little recreations on the side and also helping to run the fair. They're all mostly volunteers. They're not paid people. And some of them were starting to grumble that the King's Feast was getting just a little too intense for an unpaid sort of thing. Well, that's a whole other problem. You got to pay those people something. You, even cons should pay people. Well, from I'm not defending it. I know for some people and some couples, that was their vacation was to go do Ren Faire for those weekends. And... The whole, well, during the day, we'll play our parts. And then just as a sideline, um, you know, the, those who want to play peasants know they're doing comedic parts and being silly. And those being nobles know they're doing semi-serious, goofy Shakespeare as a theme. But in addition to helping run the Ren Fair, they all knew once they kicked everybody out at 530, it was party time. And they would just party with their friends and catch up. And try to like make sure that they get in two blitz because they had to get back into character the next day. But that was kind of the appeal for them was it was a party and getting to embrace the stuff they enjoyed with the medieval stuff. I guess now that it's kind of gone more, you know, more inclusionary, but less medieval, some people have lost their volunteering enthusiasm for it. And, and I will take this opportunity to say, you, you got to tip your bartenders. You got to tip the performers too. People at a rent fair, you know, you're paying $30 to get in. You're probably spending a hundred dollars in alcohol, break a 20 and pass it around a little bit. That's kind of part of that deal. And they offer you plenty of chances to do it as well. They, some people come up and they it's actually a little obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. They come up and they give you a little sideshow and then all the great little acts they have th- for me. That's the draw is, not the vendors and uh, not the joust because I kind of have done that to death, but all the little entertainment acts that they have in those little corners. I enjoy those. I, I basically map my whole day rotating around trying to catch as many acts as I can. Imagine how cool it would be if they brought that to you. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I'd pay. I'd pay more. And with the increased revenue they could pay the people to work there and maybe those people put off uh, volunteers put off by the uh, lack of authenticity (laughs) would be enticed by the authenticity of the (laughs) what should we call it king's quarter an exclusive portion of the (laughs) the rent fest partitioned away from the uh, regular schmucks so that you can be transported back in time and be feasted by the king and his court 
give the volunteers the cushy jobs and and charge enough to actually pay people at that event. People would pay for it. It was really nice. Yeah, it really was. I loved it. Bring back the King's Feast. Create the King's Quarter. <laughs> I would do that too, for sure. So it sounds like we're all pretty positive on the Renaissance Fairs. Just think that maybe a little tweaking could be done. There's a few weekends I avoid. <laughs> so what are those weekends that you avoid, Brian? I actually, and, and this is going to sound a little weird coming from me, <laughs> but I, I avoid the lusty, busty, weech, uh, lusty, busty, <laughs> winch weekends. First off, it's it's tender, protected flesh. When you walk around with that exposed for 10 hours through the sun, it just gets nasty and burnt, and it, <laughs> it's just not a good idea. But secondly, it, maybe they don't advertise it right or something, but it's I don't think it's a good idea to have people practically naked. I mean, there's not nipple, but people sneak areola, <laughs> and but there's, like, kids running around with balloon swords fighting and and that and it's not a good mix surprised i haven't gotten complaints people being sort of very protective of their children around breasts and so on <laughs> yeah and i avoid soccer hooligan weekend is that a real thing i, I... well it's saint patrick's day weekend every place is soccer hooligan yeah. weekend <laughs> I, I avoid almost anything any place with alcohol and food right i'm seriously <laughs> my like one sixteenth Irish is just utterly offended by St. Patrick's Day for the record. <laughs> Remember, Tom, on St. Patrick's Day, go eat Mexican. On Cinco de Mayo, go to an Irish pub. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> Cinco de Mayo is actually the greater crime, but uh, we can get into that <laughs> another time. Speaking of, is it time for Wench Weekend to kind of wrap up and our, you know, new politically correct level of awareness we've got going on well they don't have a twitter or an instagram or so they're good right they're not <laughs> subject to the uh to criticism of the social justice crowd on social media right well technically i think that would be a, a sex positive experience or it's supposed to be a sex positive it, it experience. can be but like i said keep the keep the kids at home that weekend yeah i feel like if you're going to the ren the ren fair on busty wench weekend you kind of gotta know what you're getting yourself into i think robin williams said this you gotta go all the way or fucking forget it yeah you, you can't kind of sort of tease a little bit something like that you gotta be like 13 and over only and then do it right well hey i'm gonna add my little two cents to the news pool there has been a mom on twitter that is trying to rally and complain that deadpool needs to be a pg-13 film because comics are for kids not grown-ups. Was, wasn't that like the official response tool from yes. Deadpool, Deadpool's Twitter? Yes. Yes, it was. Oh, I can't remember what it was, actually. I apologize. She she <laughs> tweeted, oh, I'm starting a petition. Make it PG-13 because I want my kid to see it. And she included, I think it was the official account, but the response they, they, they tweeted back was like, Sorry, kid, you can't see this. It's for big boys. Fuck you. Your mom's a whore. That is really great <laughs> if that's the actual official response, because that is that's what's awesome. deserved. What? <laughs> no more pandering. I feel like Deadpool, though, has like, I mean, this is sort of going off on a little bit of a tangent. I feel like they've sort of like morphed that like marketing campaign like so many times over the last year. Like first it was like, Deadpool, like sort of like yeah, action, and then it turned into like oh Ryan Reynolds and all his little snarky comments on the trailers and the, and the commercials, and now it's just like you know what, fuck you, you know, like we're just taking it to like the next level of whatever being vulgar. Maybe that movie. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm predicting right now that the movie's going to be terrible because if they're putting like if they're trying to like generate that much buzz marketing wise, then it must not be a very good movie. I mean, I'm still gonna pay to see it, but yeah. <laughs> let me know what day cam yeah let me know too i wouldn't mind going it can't be any worse than that movie in which deadpool appeared last time was it that one of those wolverine movies where the merc with a mouth had no mouth yeah that was terrible where he had like no mouth and like that was the wolverine wasn't it yeah oh, yeah i got you i'm sorry what movie was that <laughs> i can't hear you i can't my mic's breaking up <laughs> That movie does not exist in my head, Canon. 
Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I hope. <laughs> I mean, I hope it's good. I'm cautiously optimistic. Or, well, no, I'm not cautiously optimistic. I think it's going to be terrible. But, you know, cautiously, you know, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm hoping they'll they'll pull something out. This Deadpool Twitter, which I don't know is official or not, I'm actually reading the tweet, the reply tweet. Dear little boy who wants to see my movie. No, you can't see it. It's for big boys and girls. Fuck you. Your mom's a whore. Love, Deadpool. <laughs> oh my god that can't be an official response as much as i want it to be i i thought it was it it should be starred or whatever if it's verified right yeah i don't see it as a verified account i yeah, it's like too good to be true I, I would absolutely love it if it was but let's assume it is i love it <laughs> yeah i'm totally i'm into that too that that, that would be great because then at least that is in keeping a little more with the actual Deadpool character, you know? like Well, for all we know, that the original, know. like, you know, I'm going to petition. Yeah, it could That could have been a fake tweak on its own just for some hype to be cynical. But then again, I can also see, yeah. do I have to tell sure. my child no? Exactly. They're comic books. You know, I, I could see that as That's well. That's the part that galls me is that, the, the you know, the ignorant cow is yeah. – oh, sorry, that was very bad. The ignorant woman is like just assuming comics are for kids. I have a kid. My kid's entitled. Like it's it's the, ign- the ignorance coupled with the sense of entitlement. I hope she doesn't parents. think the Deadpool comic book's PG thirteen. Right. The kids got her fooled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing too is like you could still take your kid to the movie. I mean. You know, it's not like they're going to ban the kid from the movie. If you go there with it, with the kid, they'll let you in. It's just what do you want to expose your kid to? You know, like you're so you're you're basically saying that because you want something like the movie industry has to kowtow to you. Like the sense of entitlement that comes with parenthood for a lot of people is almost unbelievable. Like the world now revolves around you and and your child because you're you've decided to become a parent. So now all the things that were cool before are no longer cool. Yeah, because you didn't feel like giving a blowjob that night. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened to Saturday morning cartoons. You know, they were cartoons, they were fun, and then parents were like, "Well, we need to get them to be more educational." And then advertisers dropped, and then some other advertisers picked them up and said, "You know what?" Let's not only make them educational, let's get them to push toys. And that's how we got the Transformers and the Care Bears and all that and Strawberry Shortcake. Knowing is half the battle. Look, I rely on these cartoons to raise my kids, so they have to, like, educate the kid, too. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think the, the big <laughs> so. cry was they're too violent, which is why, like, in, in every G.I. Joe cartoon, you see a little parachute for each little jet that gets shot down. You didn't know that? No, I believe me. I as a kid, it drove me crazy that everybody dodged the lasers and everybody parachuted, and they would have these huge battles, and nobody died. As a kid, I would be ranting about yeah. it. I hate to be this guy, but I, I had the fortune to see things like Robotech and yes. Voltron yeah. first, and and main characters died. So I saw GI Joe, and I was kind of like, eh? It, it did though it, you know it did serve to like make when some somebody when a character did die it made it much more jarring though like i remember watching the first transformers movie like animated movie in 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 the theater and when optimus like you know what i mean it was like holy shit what just happened i can't believe that optimus no tears for ironhide <laughs> <laughs> i i seriously just got kills like remembering that from years ago don't forget the gi joe movie where duke gets sh- like serpentored through the heart with a snake yeah yeah that too that too yeah he was supposed to die but then at the end of the movie like when they're all celebrating i think like roadblocks like and duke's okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, they, they didn't show him again but like he's gonna pull through yeah. yay <laughs> stupid yeah, that's awesome uh i don't know how we got on this topic from renfest but uh yeah, it fits somehow. <laughs> I think that I think that was my yeah. I think that. Was... Welcome to the Nerd Stravaganza from Renfests to Deadpool, yeah, to Transformers. Anyway, seeing as we have wandered far afield, do you guys uh, have anything else to add on this topic, or should we? 
pretty much say that our suggestions were put out there in the Renoverse such that they are there for the taking by any proprietors. I don't know. I, I'm very confident that like that could be a profit center. I don't know why they just wouldn't do yeah. it differently until they got it right. Fuck it, let's do our own. Let's do our own. We 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 rent like a section of the park, we put in a tent and we like basically like cosplay and serve <laughs> They usually have those little barbecue yeah. things right there. We can catch squirrels in the park. Yes. The Lords of Ganza present Ganza Fest. <laughs> break character and we'll break you yeah, i think that works especially down here in south florida where everyone's got to be vip you know like <laughs> oh man if you had like valet like hair uh, yeah carriage right 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 you had yeah. a rickshaw that would be yeah, the old people. velvet rope we'll have them lining up i think some nerds i think there's nerds with money who would uh welcome the chance to do something exclusive so all right look we won't put this episode out until we get uh our business plan together. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's all I got. You got anything else, guys? I think that puts a medieval bow on it. Nice. It, it puts a, uh, oh, damn it. British longbow. Yeah. 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 The lo- <laughs> I should be able to recite this from memory. Now I go to the longbow exhibit every time at the Renfest where the guy talks about <laughs> everything that went into giving the English, uh, an edge because of their bowmen go back and see him by the way his son yeoman uh eric or whatever he seems to improve but do you think he's ever going to kind of like take over from dad in terms of being able to make those long shots it's it, almost unfair of us to judge that poor guy because he has improved from not being able to hit anything to being able to and his dad seriously has 40 years practice on him think about what you could accomplish 40 years ago no, you're right. You're right. Listeners, we're talking about, of course, the father and son team who demonstrate bowing, <laughs> bowering, arrowing. Archery. Uh, oh, yeah, archery. <laughs> the uh, the father is like a dead shot from like like seemingly impossible distances. Kill a man from a football field away, isn't it? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Like, if he found somebody objectionable walking into the front gate, he could probably plug them. <laughs> from like the back of the show. If the zombie apocalypse happens at the Ren Fair, he's my first friend. No yeah. offense, guys. Yeah. His son's good out to a distance and then drops off pretty quickly. But uh, I- I'm hoping that if we attend long enough, we'll see the son, you know, achieve that level of prowess. I feel like, though, like, yeah, okay, maybe you can hit something like a football field away. But, like, I'm moving out of the way, way before that arrow is getting there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, y- yeah, yeah, but you're not going to move out of the way of the That's 500 true. other arrows who yeah. are coming your way too in a big barrage, which was the idea. You concentrate this hail yeah. of arrows, so and you block out the sun, right? Right, just like in that movie 300, which brings us right around to <laughs> <laughs> Brian's favorite attendees at the Renfest, the half-naked Spartans. So my question is, do, do they draw the abs on their, their belly? No, those guys don't fake it. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't understand it, but I've got respect for them. Those fuckers are buff. I mean, shit, if I look like that, I'd walk around like that at, at the mall like every day. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like Twin Dixie. Yeah. I would really stretch casual Friday at the office. Like, what's up? Yeah. Check this out. You know you, you, know you like it. <laughs> and this is the Lord Speedo. <laughs> Ye old banana hammock. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> hammock. Well, they're. Uh, uh, I was gonna make a Greek joke, but I'm no good at it. So, moving along. <laughs> Let's bring this odyssey to an end. I will remind lords and ladies that they should subscribe to us on iTunes and give us a favorable ratings. If they don't like iTunes? Check us out on the Bayonne Tapestry Stitcher. Was that stitched? <laughs> and eventually check us out on ye old Google Play Music. Liketh us on Facebook, followeth on Twitter and Instagram, add us to your Google Circle, and join the Nerd Stravaganza HQ group, which I don't think anybody would have known what HQ was back then. 
take a break from your Black Plague treatments and head on over to nerdstravaganza.com where you can check out this and all of our back episodes. Hop on your horse and joust on over to YouTube where you can type in Nerdstravaganza into the handy dandy search bar and see all of our premium video content. And take off your gauntlets and type us an email at nerdstravaganza at gmail.com. And uh, with all of these proclamations so proclaimed, who's the person who kind of ends things? Not the crier. The headsman? (laughs) There you go. The herald? There you go. Harold Chris, herald the end of this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, the herald hath announced the Ganza kings have left the building. Hurrah! No, sorry. Huzzah! 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 Did they make a huzzah? It was huzzah thing back in the day. Oh no! Who knows? Dumb. I never say it. I say hoorah just to just to get up there. Rennie hackles. All right, we're done. <laughs> Woo-hoo.